everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome everyone to Writing Works Wonders. I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. We have quite a program for you today. We'll be discussing consonants and syllables and how we use them in our writing, along with some activities and fun and laughter. You know us, we are always laughing. Kathy's a little under the weather, but she's here with us, and let me introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Dr. Kathy King. Hey, Cheryl, great to be here, <laughs> back from Florida and deep in the snow in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, 10 inches, oh my goodness gracious, Kathy. Yeah, wow. for Tennessee, it's a it's a landmark storm. So that nothing like up north. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we will help you save your voice, okay? And um, mm -hmm. just pop in whenever you want. The first, we're gonna do the responses to the prompts, which Lisa G gave us last week, which was perpetual or perpetuate, perpetuate, astronomical. And an animal of your choice. Turn off my voiceover because I just heard Lisa G raise her hand. So who would like to read, share their responses to the prompts? Well, let's go with Lisa G. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I have to respond to it if I'm, if I'm the one who gave it. <laughs> there is an event that perpetuates every year between January and March in South Florida. My guide dog, Ravi, and I observed this at an inlet one evening. During the three-month span on a full moon, an astronomical amount of shrimp swim towards the shore in astronomical numbers. It is quite a, an event. The end. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for that. That's what it reminded me of, like those three words came up. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wow, that's a sight, I'm sure. A friend recommended Craft in the Real World, Rethinking, Fiction Writing, and Workshopping by Matthew Celesis. The book is available on BARD. Apologies, I don't know the number. And it talks about consonants and syllables. You're probably wondering, why are we talking about consonants and syllables? A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y are our vowels. The consonants are the alternating letter. There are two consonants that can be soft or hard, and that is C for circumstance, or K for complete. G can be soft for geography, or hard g for growling. Why do these matter? These matter because as we are writing, it articulates a feeling, it articulates a scenario. Think about it as you're reading and listen to how the author is using the hard and soft consonants as well as we'll be talking about the inflection on syllables. 
you'll be more aware of these by listening to some poetry. The shorter sentences, or it could be a longer poem, but the writer is bringing you in with specific words. Today is about being conscious. It's not about teaching you how. It's about being conscious of these words, of these consonants, of these letters, of the syllables and how we use them. It makes me think of different ways of, of um, how I can word something, how I can create the scenario. It's a, again, it's a feeling, it's a smell, it's the feeling. Um, there's a lot, bringing your other senses into that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So does anyone have any kind of um, questions or if you'd like to, you could create a situation, think of frantic and relief, that you're frantically looking for something, you lost something. So the frantic is that hard see at the end, it's frantic. And then the relief with the F at the end, relief, that you feel the relief of whatever the ending there is, finding this, finding what you were looking for, finding the person, getting out the door, whatever that might be. So if you have questions or if you'd like to share something, a scenario, please feel free to do so. We, we This is about a writer's chat as well. There are a lot of you on this call who can share your insights and are welcome. First up, we have Carla. You said X. It's uh, is a soft consonant. Soft. Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds hard because you think. I know. Well, I guess it depends on where it is. I think some of them can be hard or soft, whatever word it's in, like an X-ray. Let's go to Lisa G. Hi. I, just to respond to that X, I think xylophone would be considered a soft X. What do you think? A xylophone? That's something you play. That's It can be noisy <laughs> or it can be gentle <laughs> that's true that's true interesting topic yeah. this is i'm, I'm not my yeah. head like um i'm not sure if i can if i can get this right frantic is the word i'm thinking of but i was frantically looking for my passport mm -hmm. i could finally exhale deeply <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. I'm glad you found it. Thank God. Can't make this stuff up, this thing called life. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Next is Abby Taylor, then Carol Mackey. One day while heading out the door, I discovered that my house keys weren't in their usual spot. A frantic search through coat pockets and purse revealed nothing. My friend who was picking me up honked in the driveway. I opened the door to go out and ask her to wait a moment while I found my keys and discovered, to my relief, that they were in the door. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what I was thinking about? The the person stomping into the room. I, I right. still go back to you doing that stomping. Oh. Oh, the foot stomping <laughs> with your feet with yeah. the fat oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I just love that. 
Well, next open mic, maybe I'll read it again. We'll see. Oh, okay. I just love that. Thank you. Well, good. I'm glad you I'm glad you like it. Thank you. And I like what you just shared. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Next is Carol Mackey. Hi. I love this because see, I don't I don't see that each word stands alone. Like for example, you could say zippy zebra zump is junked and zomped or I mean they're the zippy zebra zump. But each word standing alone, you can make it what you want. But when they flow in a sentence or in a, a rhyme or whatever, they go together and, and in, enforce mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. You want to take a jab there without your zippy zinger zonkus? <laughs> Not yet. Thank you. I will, okay. I will work on it, though. Oh, okay. All right. And just when I thought the frantic search for raised hands ended, we have Marlene Massat. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yay, Chanel. <laughs> Hi, Marlene. Frankly, I fought my fright until I found the thing which my cat had stolen with the end. Thank you, Marlene. So what you're saying, Cheryl, is that we have to put the right emphasis on the correct syllable. Right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> She's so cute. Hi, Alice. Thank you. Good morning. This is a very short one. Each word contains only two syllables, but it is an example of your point, I believe, Cheryl. Willow whispers. Water water and we did get two raised hands that popped up when i said there was none okay. so thank you um, <laughs> let's go to amy and then abby taylor okay i think if you take different words and you try to uh, emphasize the different syllable in the different spot mm -hmm. and you realize it doesn't sound correct so if you take mm -hmm. the word sausage and you say sausage <laughs> right <laughs> It's like, right. well, yeah, that's, you know, okay, that's maybe the way they say it in a different language, you know, you don't know, but that might be a way to think of it in terms of where you want to put the emphasis and where this, where the syllable hits. Thank you. And Abby? Well, when you were talking about saying the word beautiful, I was reminded of a cute way my grandmother said the word when she was complimenting either something I, I sang or something she heard. She always said, that was beautiful. In other words, beauty <laughs> and then full. So it, I just, mm. I just had to, I just thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Some words can be change but for the most part like say when we're doing it on the last syllable with understanding certainty when you put the emphasis on that last syllable you could have three dots after it or it could bring something to a close it could bring a situation to a close or i like to think of cliffhangers that's the idea of putting the emphasis on the last syllable. I'm not an expert on this, but I thought it would be a good discussion because I know all of you have so much insight and 
can share with all of us as well. And we do have another raised hand, Marlene Massat. One important thing about syllables is they become very um, pronounced or when you are writing poetry, you figure mm. very much in the rhythm of a poem. Right. And how the inflection of our voice and the rhythm of the syllables. Kathy, you have anything? This is, you know, very different for me, but I can see the points that you're making. It, I think mm. as we've heard the discussion, it's making more sense. And um, the book title is Craft in the Real World. Part of what he's talking about in that is that our writing is not separated from the real world, even though we might be writing fiction or nonfiction. But even if we're writing fiction, it's connected to who we are and how we navigate the world. And that there are some conventions that have been handed down over time that can be challenged. I just got to start the book, but it's deep read. It's the first part is more of, I think, the philosophy. And the second part is mm. the application to syllables and consonants. Yeah. But he raises some really important questions that writing, when we look at character, plot, etc., has been based on a tradition and that some of that can be challenged when you look at storytelling and writing from other cultures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I like. Right in the introduction, for anyone who's mm -hmm. interested in this book, the introduction where he talks about being in a workshop where they were talking about a scenario. And when it came to a different race or that it was the assumption that unless a different color, different race, different nationality was mentioned. Everyone was white. He talks about, we can take that right out of there and, and explain it in terms that we don't need to have it that way. We don't need to do it the way that it used to be or was done before. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, part of that too goes back to Linda Lale Miller talking when we talked about political correctness that in, in actuality we have to learn how to write differently and respectfully he had another way of putting it as every single one of our authors have right now you talked about in the intro that this is re-examining our conventional workshopping protocol or process and yeah. kind of turning it on its head so it'd be an interesting read for people craft mm -hmm. in the real world yeah it's on bar yeah. he's got different things and examples in his appendices so i bought it on kindle so that i could skim through a little better that way and it'd be great if we could get him on with us and chapetta this is really interesting to me because you know i play with words all the time <laughs> being a writer mm -hmm. right like everybody yeah. else here yeah and yeah. um one of the things that i find um very interesting is this whole transition that I've noticed um, between um, pro the pronouns, the proper use of pronouns. And the example I would give is like you, we would say he or she, but only they if it was in a, in a plural. Right. But now we are using they as a singular instead mm -hmm. of he or she. 
I, I've had editors say, well, using they is fine. It's it's not traditional, and it and it and they believe one day it's going to be universally accepted um, as a shift to being accepted into our lexicon, uh, not just a, in a plural way to, to promote a singular sense of a person. And I wanted to just throw that out there because I wanted to mm. see what you what you you all think about that. I mean, I I love it. I think being progressive mm -hmm. in language is, you know, just keeps keeps it going you know that's what we're supposed to be doing as human beings but mm. there are the people that do not want to change uh, i would like to know what your opinions are about that i agree with annie i, I think that mm. it is the convention at this point and i understand it mm. and all and i'm glad that mm. publishers are accepting it it's not mm. part of our standard lexicon yet correct but i i believe that it will progress that way having to do with gender I identity and just identity and respecting that in, in what we write. I remember struggling this with this issue and starting to struggle with it back in 1997 when I did my dissertation and there was very little guidance on it at that point a long time ago, <laughs> just really struggling back and forth with the language. We've come a long way in people discussing it and bringing it out. I think that we even could go so far that, you know how in audio description, when you're watching a movie, some of the audio description will say, the man with dark curly hair, until mm -hmm. that person's name is revealed in the script. And mm -hmm. it kind of it was curious to me when I first encountered this with some of the scripts that they were mm -hmm. doing this. And then I figured out what they were doing um but as writers you know we could use that if we don't reveal the gender identity of a person in our writing they could be they until that mm -hmm. is revealed or somebody mm -hmm. could stay they if that is their identity right so i think there's yeah. a couple of different ways that this can be used and mm. we're in, we have come so far in the last 30 years in this discussion, it's great for it to be something that we can talk about and to see that people are actively making those choices and proclaiming them like in their signatures, pronouns, he, she, her, or they, them, you know, right. whatever. So we've come a long distance in this, and, and I think it's going to continue to progress. Good topic, Annie. Anybody else? Yes, we have four raised hands. I'm oh, going okay. to go to Starry. Okay. I just wanted to say on the topic of using they as the pronoun, I did recently come across a book where they was the pronoun instead of he or she. And uh, the book is called A Psalm for the Wild Built. And when I read it, I was a little taken, you know, off guard because it was so novel to me to see that in a book, but mm -hmm. I think that was really great because after a little while, it was just as normal as he or she. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Starry. Kim and then Carla Hayes. Okay. Oh, there it goes. Um, I would think it would be a little confusing, especially in writing poetry 
uh, to you today, I, I think the author would first have to establish exactly who he's talking about. Is it a, is it a he or a she? I mean, is it one person or more than one? Um, that could be a little confusing in reading and in writing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Carla and then Alice. I have an interesting perspective on this because I also mm -hmm. work as a translator, okay, in several mm -hmm. different languages. I find they, the use of they as a singular is very imprecise and I'm not, I'm very, I'm really not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be a he, she. Um, I know in Spanish, for example, there's there are masculine and feminine nouns and people. So el and ella. So you talk about, and that's where we probably get some Spanish people talking about cars and say, she's not running today mm -hmm. because one of the words mm -hmm. for car is feminine. Then the plurals are masculine and are mixed. Yeah, so the masculine is used for masculine mm -hmm. mixed, and then the feminine is just all female or all feminine objects. But I'll tell you, there are two other things that, um, well, there's another thing that's come into um, being more accepted, and that's ending sentences with prepositions. One of my favorite Churchill quotes is, ending a sentence with a preposition is something up with which I will not put. <laughs> you know, <that's> <laughs> I love that quote. It's, it's a little bit disheartening at first, but it's become more mm -hmm. acceptable. But I do think we need to come up with a, a different word for the word you, Y-O-U, because you can be singular or plural. And so from that standpoint, I embrace the Pittsburgh yins and the Southern y'all, because at least it's precise. Mm -hmm. And other languages have ways of dealing with it. They have you singular and you plural, although the French vous can either be formal um, singular or all you plurals, you know what I mean? But your Spanish has the mm -hmm. has the ustedes and the vosotros in Spain, and your German has the Z with a capital S and the ear for you um, plural. And then there's one other one I want to bring up that hasn't been put on the table. I absolutely, absolutely abhor using nouns as verbs. Like I hate to hear we're partnering with them or this workshopping that we heard about today or, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I don't know, to me, that just, ugh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I just find mm -hmm. it very, very difficult. And yet they, they do that. Um, like in German, they do that to a certain extent. There are nouns that are made into verbs, but at least they have the courtesy to put a verb suffix on it. You know what I mean? It's a little uh -huh. bit, just, th those are my thoughts. And it is very difficult because I'm old school and having worked as a technical translator and in creative writing, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I'm just going to put out there. I, I'm not exactly comfortable with it. Thank you. And that's what this that is it, about, getting different insights. Actually, that, that term workshopping has a long history. He was referring to the Iowa workshop, and it, they've used that term workshopping for decades. So I think that this transition of nouns into verbs has been happening for some time. But some people might be more comfortable with it than others. I know there are certain ones that might trigger when I hear them. Alice Massa, then Marlene Massat. Thank you, Chanel. What Carla said was making me think also about the pronoun you. Oh. And how many times when I want to communicate better, 
or when I did want to communicate better with my student, I would say you all or all of you and make that pronoun you more readily and completely understood because to me, whether we are speaking or writing, our main goal is to communicate. When we are in journalism, we take courses that are called, for example, mass communications and so forth. We want to communicate better with our speaking and with our writing. I think also with what Kathy said, that our language evolves, our language is changing, and it constantly changes some things we like, some things we do not like. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that I listen to very little television, but what I do listen to is the news and Jeopardy. Lately, mm -hmm. I have heard our local anchor say the pronoun they in the midst of communicating or trying to communicate to us, the listeners, a story about someone who has committed or allegedly, as they like to say, committed a crime. And then when the shift is made to they, I wonder, are they looking for one perpetrator or are they looking for two? And mm. I find these stories in the news not communicating as well as they should because number is important as mm. well as gender. And so my mm. theory about this is we add words to our dictionary every year. And some of us look forward to hearing what is what are the new words that are being added to the dictionary each year. I say, please add more pronouns. Don't confuse the pronouns that we have. We want to make these all clearer so we can speak and understand each other better so we can write and understand our writing much better. I say add pronouns. And the I remember at one time there was a push for the pronoun Z and the ones that went with that, which I don't remember all of the, I think there were two or three of that type. And that's what I ask for people to consider. I want to be respectful of everyone, but I also <laughs> want to be realistic and communicate well. And that's why I think maintaining number is important. Point, Alice. Thanks, Alice. Yeah, we have to be careful with our words. Take one more and see if we have time for another activity. We have one raised hand, and that is Marlene Massat. Okay. Another influence on us, whether for good or for ill, is the internet and the digital age and how people are, I don't know, shortcutting words and spelling them different and, and all mm -hmm. kinds of phrasing. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, So I guess some of that is making its way into the dictionary too. And um, it's just uh, strange. <laughs> good yeah. point, Mark. Yes, mm -hmm. that, that's a whole other yeah. discussion about the impact yeah. of digital communication yeah you know it you know teachers used to have to deal with everyday slang when they taught English 
now they not only have slang, but they have emojis and acronyms, digital communication, quote, conventions or habits that they're dealing with. So good point. Yeah. How about that activity, Cheryl? Okay, which one should we do? There's several. You want I to think do cookies. Cookies are okay. a great idea. <laughs> okay, should I do the black and white or just like how about yes. chocolate chip yeah. or plain? Okay, all right. So I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the black and white cookie, and it's normally probably about a four five inch round diameter cookie. This is a plain vanilla, like a cake type cookie. Half of it is vanilla icing. The other half is chocolate icing. And it's very definitive when you look at it. What we want to do here is to have you convince us which one is better and why. Why should I choose the vanilla over the chocolate? Or maybe or both. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is quite a shift from our previous discussion. It's just a quick improv and kind of creating a persuasive um, argument that could be funny, yeah. could be fun, could be. But we're yeah. talking about cookies, a cookie that has both black uh, chocolate and vanilla frosting on top. Mm-hmm. These are famous in New York. I worked in New York City 14 years. I never had one. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I love them. We have four raised hands. All right. Let's awesome. do it. All right. Abby okay. Taylor, then Ann Chapetta. Well, folks, I cannot decide which I like better, chocolate or vanilla. So I'm going to say both. I love chocolate mm-hmm. and vanilla in the cookie mixed together. So when I, I've never seen such a cookie. It sounds intriguing. I'd love to try one if it's not hard. I don't really like hard cookies. But anyway, if it were soft, I would try it. And I would just try to get a bite of both the chocolate and vanilla in every bite. <laughs> <laughs> Great. She got what yeah. we were trying to get people to do. That's Thank right. you for the oh, example. Okay, there. good. Well, okay. if I have a chance to try one, I will. It sounds delicious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Chapetta, then Amy. So black and white cookies are part of the New York experience in Grand Central Station. You can get them in New York City. They're sold right in Grand Central Station. So black and white cookie. They're delicious cakey soft sweet and i like to eat i would recommend eating the vanilla half first because you save the chocolate the best part for the end Mm. we have a different opinion here we have people on two different sides of the argument okay thank you for bringing that up i i miss new york and i was like no you got to talk about this cookie now Oh, no. Who's next, Chanel? Amy, then Carla. Okay, I'm very respectful of um, Annie's point of view. I've never had these cookies, so I'm just going to go the other way just because she went the, she went the chocolate way. <laughs> the reason that the vanilla is the best part of the cookie is because you can savor and taste the vanilla bean right in the vanilla part of the cookie and you can get chocolate anywhere but this type of vanilla is just <laughs> bar none the best in a cookie that you can get Thanks. excellent 
Okay, we've got people in every position. Who's next? Carla, then Kim. Ladies Yay. and gentlemen, may I make a case for the superiority of vanilla? I am a vanilla freak myself, but one reason vanilla is superior is because its versatility. You can eat vanilla alone. You can appreciate its richness. However, you can add to vanilla and the vanilla will not tint your addition. On the other hand, if you start with the chocolate, the chocolate will overpower whatever you add to it. So I would definitely make a case for the vanilla. Also, um, I have to tell you, chocolate lovers, I hate to burst your bubble. You, you will have to forego your chocolate when you go to heaven, because I am sure there will be no devil's food in heaven. <laughs> Although Jesus will try to call it something else so that you can have it. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> This is a great way to start wrapping up our call. Anybody else? Let's go to Kim. Hello. I have a good way to do this. If you take vanilla and you add anything to it, it'll, it'll take like whatever you added to it. So the way I would do this is I would eat a bite out of each side. And I would start with the chocolate. Then you eat vanilla, and then go back to chocolate, and then <laughs> more vanilla. And every time you have vanilla, and then you add chocolate to it, you go, ooh, more flavor. Just mm -hmm. hand over the chocolate, and no one will get hurt. Mm -hmm. And there <laughs> is chocolate in heaven. Believe it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. What about using this as the prompt for this week? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Let people do it. post their responses up on the web. Yes. Yes. About the black and okay. white cookie. What, yeah. Whether convince us which, which way to go. Have it the vanilla or have a chocolate or both. Or you can I break it no in idea. half and double it together. <laughs> I have no idea that we had such a persuasive group. They really love I their know. cookies. So that's the prompt for next week. A hundred words or less and tell give us the discussion on the black and white cookie or just the chocolate cookie or just the white cookie, vanilla cookie. Which would you prefer? hundred words or less, genre of your choice. We're very happy that you were with us. This has been a wonderful episode. You make it amazing with all your participation. We thank you for that. Please visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes resources, and other episodes. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonders of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. All right, next is Starry, then Carol. So I would say break the cookie in half, because if you don't want both the vanilla and the chocolate, you can always share with someone who does not like chocolate, like my brother. I would love, love, love to have half the cookie and share the other half with him. I would take the chocolate half and he would take the vanilla. Oh, thank you. That's a nice spin on this. Thank you. 
Carol and then Lisa. Yes, the cookie dilemma. <laughs> Chocolate is black and brilliant. Vanilla is white and wimpy. That solves <laughs> that problem. Thanks. <laughs> okay, Lisa and then Marlene. It's very interesting you said that because I was in B&W Bakery, never thought about that it meant black and white. And I was standing in front of a black and white cookie, as my friend ordered, ironically enough. Mm. It is soft. I'm surprised that nobody, I'm surprised, this is in New Jersey, I'm surprised that it's not all across the country, because I always assumed it was mm. growing up in New York. Mm. So it is, so in the black and white cookie, you've got it, you take a bite of the chocolate, take a bite of the vanilla, the vanilla, the chocolate. I love my chocolate and vanilla combined. I think the vanilla is very, very sweet. So if you like it really sweet, then you'd like vanilla, but I don't. So I prefer the chocolate. But with a black and white cookie, that's the whole reason. You eat one of each mm. side. You do the chocolate, you do the vanilla, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And the small black and whites are great because it's all about the icing. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I've only ever seen the ones that are like four inches, like you initially yeah, described. Yeah, and they yeah. are. I love them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a nice, good, nice treat. And I thought they were all over too. So now I'm gonna have to figure out where we can get them and get them sent to some people. Okay. <laughs> and Amy's hand went up. Okay. Just FYI, Cheryl, uh, Canada yeah. doesn't have them. We don't have them. So you know, if you're looking for a place to send these. I know. Yeah, I will. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. you, Wyoming. There's quite uh, a few of you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, um, yeah. I think, uh, well, for me, um, I think it depends on the time of month, mm. which side I would want the most. <laughs> which side would you like, Chanel? No, you know what? Anyway. I realized the cookie is a visual. And so those of us who have had vision have seen it. When you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, I want one of those. And I know since I've lost my sight, oh, I save a lot of money and a lot of calories because I don't see it. <laughs> and my husband has a lot of those different things here in the house. And I don't even know who they're here. The more I don't know, the better. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.